0: Welcome back everybody to another episode of the blazer victory podcast john duncan here and of course i'm joined as always with my co-host darian smith and jimmy marion guys uab basketball's finishing the season
1: strong just got one
0: more game left but darian how are you doing this evening
1: i'm doing swell um i'm still charged up from all the the physical activity that the UAB basketball team gave off against Rice. I still I caught, I caught a, mm-hmm. a magnetic electric charge from all of the moving and activity. So Jimmy, how you doing hey,
2: man? I'm doing great. If uh if y'all happen to hear me cough into the mic, uh recovering from a little bit of the crud, uh, which I know you guys know that happens when we got little ones around the house, but super <laughs> excited to uh talk some UAB ball.
0: Oh, definitely. I feel like the Duncan household always has some type of crud from one of the kids. (laughs) Oh, yeah. All right. Well, guys, before we get started, if you're listening right now, thank you so much for listening to the Blazer Victory podcast. Check out our website, BlazerVictory.com. We've got articles up, podcast, merch, everything you can need, BlazerVictory.com. So if you have not checked that out, go ahead and go there now. And before we get into some uh, UAB talk, um, Darian and I <laughs> wanted to talk some Don Tolliver. So <laughs> Don Tolliver dropped his uh, was his third full-length, uh, love sick album? And we're well, we're not gonna spend too much uh, time on this, but Darian, I liked it. I I don't know if it was as good as life as Life of a Don. Um, but but I liked it. What well, What are your thoughts on
1: the album? I think it was. I think it was Will balanced. I think he's like underrated as an artist. First of all, I know I know half of our listeners. Like I know I'm I'm familiar with our audience. Our audience is like is very uh, diverse, like all over the place. But I do know half of the audience is like I don't know what the hell these,
2: (laughs) including me. (laughs)
1: Who is Don
2: Tolliver? Like is
1: is this an actor? You know, like (laughs) you know. But yeah, yeah. Like he's just a guy that makes melodic music um it's more hip hop kind of the new sound. RB
0: vibes too r&b vibes
1: you said, yeah r&b vibes he has a voice on him but you know it's not it's not like like Brian McKnight or Stevie Wonder oh no 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 Don't <laughs> like it's like it's far far away from that you know he's in the family of T Pain but yeah we ain't going to spend too much time on Don Toliver I like the album you know and uh I'm looking forward to more.
0: Me too. And I was telling you before we started recording, I was kind of proud of him for not having Travis Scott on the album, um, but he dropped his deluxe version of the album today. And of course, Travis Scott is on the phone.
1: So. <laughs>
0: Anyways, um, also, hey, an announcement, uh, UAB football did make it official that the spring game is going to be Thursday night, April the 6th. They're mm-hmm. also going to have the yearly uh, dragon Easter egg hunt um, during halftime. So Guys, I don't know how y'all feel about this. I mean, I know it's gonna. Some people are, you know, gonna love it, and some people are gonna hate it. But honestly, I like it. Like, I love the, you know, Thursday night. Hey, you know, they start the season on a Thursday night, so why not have the spring game on Thursday? And you know, it's Easter weekend already. Auburn's gonna have theirs on Saturday, so folks, you know, if you want to go to both, you can go to the UAB spring game Thursday night at Protective, and then, you know, go to Auburns or wherever. Um, so I actually like it. What What are your guys' uh, opinions on it?
1: I, I'm feeling it, you know. We starting to, we like you said, we starting the season on a Thursday, so I think it's good to kind of get as much of a dress rehearsal as we possibly can. Right. And um, you know, man, it's it's April sixth. We 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 know the date. Man, take that Friday off. Take the Friday off. Like mm-hmm. just it like make make it an early weekend so you don't gotta stress about going to work. Mm-hmm. Have a drink or two. You know, come 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 out there with the kids. Like let's, you know what? As Blazer fans, we should have our dress rehearsal rehearsal on a Thursday. That's our dress rehearsal. So how we know it's that protective? Yeah. Get us a drink,
2: bring the kiddos, have fun. Yeah, I'm all about trying something different. I mean, shake it up, let them put their stamp on it a little bit. So I'm excited about Protective Stadium under the lights you have already mentioned that, obviously, we start our season on a Thursday night. So, I'm all about changing up a little bit. You're not going to hear me complain about uh, the event, what day it's on. Um, I'm just excited to see the guys play. And I like the fact that we're not afraid to, to mix it up and try something different. Yep.
0: Exactly. And, guys, go ahead and get your tickets now, uabsports.com. I think they're 5 bucks. Um, but, again, UAB spring game Thursday night in Protective Stadium, April the 6th looking forward to that and looking forward to spring practice starting on Monday. Always fun to hear those uh, whistles again.
1: Yeah. And you, know, you know, one of my favorite things about spring is you start getting the, of course you're going to get the articles and everything, but you you know, us being as close to the program as we are, you start hearing the little whispers, who, who's starting to, the cream of the crop and who's starting to rise to the top. And um, with this being a brand new staff, and a lot of new faces on the team. I'm really, really excited to hear that part.
0: Me too, Darren. Like, I, I can't wait to see those, you know, a bunch of new players out on the field that, that this will be our first time to get eyes on them in person and, you know, get to meet some of those, you know, members of the coaching staff that we haven't got to meet. So definitely excited about that. But guys i'm also excited about how uab basketball is doing you know winners of five in a row now nine of the last ten the title of this episode is uab basketball finishing strong you know like i mentioned earlier they've got one more game but you know let, let's let's start let's start thursday night what happened this past thursday night is the rice owls came into bartow arena and you know we you know, Jimmy's Jimmy was saying, you know, uh, but we were talking last episode like maybe the owl curse is broken. And guys, I think they broke that curse. <laughs> <laughs> UAB put a whooping, you know, and I'm gonna be PG. Well, I'm gonna be G. Put a whooping on Rice, 84 to 57. And you know, all three of us, we were in Bartow Arena. Did it ever feel even that close? Like to be honest, guys, like what, what, like this was just a whooping. Like I. I and you, you love to see it on a good team, too. Like, Rice is not a, like, pushover. Like, and this is two times in a row that UABs really <laughs> kind of did whatever they wanted to with the Rice Owls.
2: Yeah, John, Darren we delivered Whit- that knockout blow early. Like yes. I said, it wasn't even close. It just felt like, you know, I'll, I'll sit down during the game. And it's been rare this season, especially in conference play, where it's early in the game and you feel comfortable, you know. Uh, you know, mo- most games have been so tight that it was nice just to be able to experience that. And, of course, when you add the different elements of the game, the fact that it was senior night, you've got the players' families there and the emotion behind that. For them to be able to come out and play the way that they did, you know, not every uh, team has their best performance on senior night. We're going to talk about Western Kentucky later, but, you know, the fact that they can, those six seniors can end their Blazer career on that type of, game and that type of performance was was just really cool to see but yeah that it was over early and and it was a breeze for for most of the night especially the second half
1: yeah and, and with rice i don't know if we are just like a really really bad matchup for them because we like really whipped up on them when we went up there as well so i don't know if i don't know if that's the case but they I it start. I started wondering, like, you know, what can we take from this game? And I and I remember I had to check with John during the game, like, hey, this, uh, they're a decent team, right? Like, I'm not, did I imagine this? Like, but I was, I like to see, I like to have litmus tests to know, you know, kind of where we are, where we rank. Like, how much does this butt whipping quantify, right? Um, it, it does. I mean, we, we just played really well because it really wasn't what Rice couldn't do. It's what Mm -hmm. we forced them into doing. And, um, man, our activity. I remember just in the game, just like we were everywhere. We, our hands were active. The feet were just going, buzzing around those guys. It was senior night. I understand. Like it was, you know, you know, emotional for some of those players out there. And, it's you know, that was last game in Barcelona, maybe. But just seeing that activity, I couldn't think of nothing but just how earlier in the year. I remember going to the first game and it was just like so we didn't have a defensive identity at all. Like it wasn't close. But now seeing this team just doing all of those little things um just just running back in transition cutting off lanes when um when rice was in transition trying to get an easy bucket cut that lane off dig down force a turnover um you know just making them take contested shots and when rice is off they're off so when they're open all of a sudden we the the lid on that basket was already closed You, you you didn't see any go in earlier. You don't have a rhythm, right? So n- now they can't make open shots, you know. I just remember the <laughs> when the game was over with them. The thing I remember was from they had a guy named Evie, and I think we thought of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and,
1: he, he, and he was scoring points. He was like, oh, Evie's evolving. Look at him. <laughs> but, <laughs> but other than that, you know, this is like the only thing I could think about from this game, of course, Jelly, you know, Jelly, you can tell he has a little bit more extra pop to him now. Mm-hmm. He has that pop that he had in the beginning of the year, but I feel like he combines it with the, with the learned experience from having to sit down um, to not force things more. Like, he, of course, he takes his heat chicks here and there, but he, he does a good job of uh, getting the ball, trusting Eric, getting it in his hands and letting him set up the offense. And, and being able and being fine with running the offense through somebody like Javion Davis who's a beast on the block, or letting Ty Brewer get to his spots and or letting Eric create like he 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 doesn't force it for the most part. And man, I'm I just left that game charged up really just from the all our just seeing us have that defensive identity and seeing us have the pace and tempo on offense was just and then seeing that another owl butt whipping. You can't beat that. Yeah,
0: you really can't. And, um, I mean, UAB's defense was so good Thursday night and really Saturday night, too. Really lately, they've kind of turned on the defensive intensity. Um, And, you know, we said last episode, I think it really started with the previous Rice game in Houston, and they've really just continued it on from, you know, until now, Um, hopefully through March as well. But, I mean, you look at one point – near the end of the first half rice was shooting like it was awful i, it, I think it was like 19 from the field like it was it was now they ended up what was it 32 for the game but man yeah. it was bad and but but a lot of that is uab like like darian just said closing in and i mean there were points you know i look i was sitting next to darian and i was like hey man you know we're about 30 something whatever points and look look at them on defense they're still hustling they're closing out um they're not giving any good, you know, open looks for Rice. And Rice is a team that kind of thrives on, you know, getting those open looks, getting uh, from Ol- Olivari and, you know, Evie and, um, you know, Fiedler. And Fiedler, I think they're big down low. Something looked like it was nagging him. Like it kind of looked like he was hurt um, kind of early on in the in that game. And he ended up sitting like the, uh, a good bit of the second half. But, I mean, the game was well out of hand by then. But, um, you know, and that's something I wrote about in my article last week, uh, previewing the three keys to a victory on, you know, Rice was that offense. Even though Olivari and you know Evie are the guards, it really goes through Fiedler, the big down low, the forward, and you know he leads the conference, Conference USA, in assist and field goal percentage. But UAB just terrorized him down low. Trey did a good job. Javion Davis did a good job. Like. UAB did a really good job it's like they scouted really well and of course give credit to Andy Kennedy and that coaching staff but they knew that if they could hound uh, Fiedler then UAB had a really good chance of winning this ball game and you know they were never really able to get a good rhythm going in offense and UAB's the complete opposite nothing but you know rhythm and I mean there was a, a couple stretches in that game where UAB went cold from the field but because of UAB's defensive intensity in that ball game UAB never sweated it out like UAB ended up shooting at 30 of 64 for 47 percent from the field 11 of 27 for, uh, from three for 40 percent the free throws are good 14 to 20 70 percent uh killed rice on the boards 50 to 33. I mean it Like, you you really can't even be nitpicky about this game, like, to find something that UAB did wrong. Like, really, it was an all-around A-plus effort from UAB, and that's what you want heading into these last couple uh, of weeks of the season. So I I can't find any fault uh, from this game, Um, and, you know, we'll talk about the Western Kentucky game in a minute, but, I mean, guys, anything else to add on the Rice game?
2: i'm glad that you brought up the effort on the defensive glass because if i'm if i'm looking at the stats right that's only the fourth time this season that we've had 50 plus total rebounds we had 36 defensive rebounds led by jemison who had 11 defensive boards 13 total and that to me was the uh the difference early when you have that advantage uh yes fiedler from what i understand was dealing with somewhat of an ankle injury but that ankle injury uh, became a lot worse after he was out there having to play against Trey, and Trey was just doing his thing in the post. So I just thought that that was a huge difference in the game. Uh, You know, it was a great night. Assist with the basketball, 18 total assists is a good stat as well. So just to your point, John, it was just an awesome game and and hopefully something that uh, if we've developed a formula against Rice, we may need it because we can certainly see them again on – you know, in our first game in the conference tournament. So hopefully whatever we figured out in those first two outings against Rice, if we do see them again, we can continue in in the potential third matchup.
1: Yeah, uh, Jimmy, like Jimmy mentioned, um, the rebounding, and and John mentioned the defense. Um, You know, heavy guys, you know, we're all married, kids and everything. We all know you all hit like rough patches, right, where you just got to get through you got to just make it through this rough patch, right? Right. And I feel and I feel like you just need things to lean on and carry you. You know, when you're in a rough patch, you got to remember um you got to have a foundation, right? And that's what defense and rebounding is. Defense and rebounding is like a foundation to get you through, get mm-hmm. you through and then cuz you can get easy buckets off offensive rebounds, you can play good solid defense. And hey, if you miss a shot, hey, go back and you defend again. It's just that's just your foundation, just like in a relationship. Your offense is definitely is what make it it, it make it worth it. Like that's the electricity, that, that's the fun, that's the money, that's the making moves and having babies. And you know, <laughs> that <laughs> offense is the ceiling raiser, right? And um we we have great ceiling raisers on our team, you know, we have that, but just like in a relationship or a marriage, you gotta go through rough patches. That's basketball. It's going to go on runs or whatever. You just got to have a foundation, defense, and rebounding that you can lean on. And I'm so happy to see that we we have went back and kind of established that. And, you know, Darian,
0: you know, we were kind of talking some R&B earlier and had me thinking about the Bill Withers song, Lean on Me. UAB's been leaning on them rebounds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We got to lean on it.
0: All right, well, I think that puts a bow on uh, the Rice game again 85 57. Um, huge win, big win over uh, Rice. And so we go to Saturday. So, you know, Jimmy mentioned earlier, you know, we UAB had a uh, great, you know, fantastic uh, senior night in Bartow for UAB seniors. Saturday was senior night in Diddle Arena for Western Kentucky. And You know, early on um, there were some struggles for UAB. um, Got down um, a little bit, but you know, in fact, well, they led at UAB led at the half, thirty-three to twenty-nine. But I believe Western led by as many as like six. Yeah, led by seven um, was the largest lead for Western Kentucky in the first half. But UAB picked it up second half. Really took it to Western Kentucky. I'll I'll let uh, Darian talk about the defensive style and the fits UAB gave uh, to Western um, because he had some great analysis on Twitter and and our um our group text. Uh, but UAB, hey, seventy-two to sixty beats Western Kentucky on senior night, and that you know Western might be struggling this year, but I mean that's still a kind of talented roster, you know, under Rick Stansbury. You know, you still got. You know, Hamilton, Davion McKnight, um, Jamar and Sharp. You've got some very talented uh, players for Western Kentucky. And, you know, UAB just took it to him. Eric Gaines ended up being the leading scorer uh, with 17 points, 50 uh, percent from the field, 7 to 14. But I got to give a shout out to Taven Lovin. Um, I yes, mean, sir. 14 points coming into the arena where his parents played in, where the same program refused to give him a scholarship to come play at Western. He just always seems to play well against Western Kentucky. And you know, again, one, another one of my articles, I previewed the Western Kentucky game, and I said one of the keys is going to be Taven Lovin's performance in Diddle Arena. And look at there, fourteen points, six and nine from the field. He missed a dunk. I don't know why he's
1: missing <laughs> dunks this year. But if he gets he sm- that dunk, like four dunks this, this year, year. man. Yes. Like,
0: but man, <laughs> hey. Taven's turning it up like he's getting to you know kind of the Taven of old, and we're gonna need him at uh, in Frisco next week. We are gonna need good love a Taven love and or as the announcers sometimes like to say LeVon. Um <laughs> But guys, it was good. Um, but Darren, can you tell us a little bit about what UAB's defense was kind of doing to Western because I, I thought you said it best.
1: Yeah, the the one three one like one, three, you know three, I three, haven't three. I haven't been. I haven't been the biggest proponent, but it, ha- it definitely has grown on me. I think the team's togetherness has grown, the team's trust has grown, and so in, in sets like the one three one, I feel like that's been become way more cohesive in what the group is trying to accomplish. Right. So, like one thing that I noticed is like is when they do get that ball in the, in that vulnerable corner over there, because that's where the one three one can be vulnerable at. That backline guy is hauling tail, like mm-hmm. is hauling tail. So if you go back and watch the game, it's like great effort. A lot of times it can be like a Tony Tony type of guy. And he will bust his butt to get over to the corner. Well, if you if you busting your butt but to get over to the corner, what if they pump fake and they drive? Right. So you can just see it in your head. Somebody running to close out on the three point shooter hard to make sure that that shot is contested Well, you drive by him. Well, we always have a, a guy to waiting in the paint. I mean, it's activity. And we're kind of in a scramble mode, but we are. You can tell we've practiced this. We look like a team, like a unit. Okay, you want to drive, you want to spray. Another guy is rotating to the next guy to the next guy. And it's like after a while, you haven't set up any offense. And it's 10 seconds on the shot clock now because you was we were in scramble mode. So even if we don't get the turnover – we have we do a good line, uh, do a good job now of communicating on the back line, and it's so impressive to see our growth as a team, right? So, but even you know a lot of times they weren't they weren't even getting there. We was just causing turnovers, wrecking havoc, it was air gains, turnover one hand, barely the mm-hmm. dribbles, dunk. You know, <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was like crazy. Um, we really leverage our athleticism, and so I get why we do it and. You know, even take a guy like, like Jelly. Jelly's not the most explosive, but Jelly is probably the fastest guy on the court. We talk about his skill all the time, but I remember watching that game, the uh, West Kentucky game, and it was a loose ball, and Jelly bust bust his butt to get and bust his butt to be the first one to get to the ball, and the announcers was like blown away, like, "Jeez, man, this dude is <laughs> fast." And that, and I, and I think that we have taken that for granted because I know I haven't spoken on his speed. And, and I really saw it come to light in a lot of times in the game, where he can just outrun people. And but, but because he's so good with using his quickness, short bursts, his skill, that we forget that this dude is an athlete in his own way. So we we do a good job of leveraging like Ty Brewer, okay. six seven, six eight, probably the most athletic guy on any court. You know Eric Gaines. We have a lot of those guys. Javian Davis is a guy because he scores in in those post fashions. You don't think of him as being a good athlete, but watch him sprint back on defense and stuff. I I, I forget. I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, Trey Jemison is seven foot, you know, statue. He's just a big muscle, right? Like he, we have really really good athletes, and and I think one good telling sign for us going into and then one thing I was looking for for forward to see him was Taven Lovins and his physicality. Mm-hmm. I feel like he kind of lost it somewhere in the middle of the year. Like he couldn't really finish through contact anymore. You know, um, he was a versatile defender, because not because of his height, but, but because of his strength. Like he could get up and he could really stop people from posting him. And he could, he and he's athletic enough to where he can get up block shots yep. and stuff like that. That was the Taven Lovin that we've been used to seeing. Right there, that physical guy getting and ones, getting putbacks, and one again, like yelling, screaming. I'm like, yes, that's him. That's the guy. If we get that save 11 right there with the growth of the team, with the the growth of Eric Gaines, too, like how many times did he just calm down and hit? He was responding after every time Western Kentucky tried to make some kind of run. It seemed like it was Eric Gaines. Three. Whatever you want, good pass, air games, and one win- or force turnover. Like he was everywhere, and I like the fact that he's finally like impacting the game in so many areas: assists, scoring, steals, blocks. Whatever you want, air games can do it, and he's doing it without forcing it and without any turnovers. Like he was doing early in the year, and I'm just like, bro, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to get too optimistic because, of course, we can be biased, but I I really like our chances in the tournament.
0: I mean, I, I do too. I mean, they're, the, the way they're playing right now, if they can continue that into Fresco, yes, I do. Just, you know, they've already locked up a, a bye into the quarterfinals. Um, We'll get into that in a minute about seeding, but I mean, just win three games in three days. You can't – I mean, they won, what, nine of the last ten? So, I mean, you can't <laughs> tell me they can't do it. So, right. I agree. And and I'm glad, you know, you mentioned the, the – you know, our backcourt handling the ball better. Like, you look at these last two games away from Bartow Arena for the, the, this UAB team, only seven turnovers against Western Kentucky. And then you go back to, what, UTSA? They only had six. So, they are playing extremely better – or you know, better than they were – you know, previously, you know, I mean, take away the UTEP game. I mean, that was what 2021 turnovers, but take away that the last two times that this team has stepped away from Bartow arena and played in another arena. They've handled the ball well. And like, it's almost like this team just continues to mature, you know, the deeper we get into this season. And, you know, we're at the home run stretch right now, but, um, Real quick, Darien, too. I wanted to mention, um, you know, you bring up, you know, Jelly. I mean, he ended up having a you know pretty bad night um at Western. He went ended up two of ten from the field for just twenty percent. Um, hit some key free throws. But look, look what this team still won by twelve on the road to a good Western Kentucky team. Like, we don't have it doesn't have to be the Jelly Show anymore. You know, early on in this season, it it was jelly or nothing, to be honest. Like early in this season, it was okay if Jelly's not if Jelly's gonna have an off game, okay, we're we're screwed. But now, guys like Eric Gaines can pick it up, Taven Loving can pick it up, KJ Buffin. I like where this team is at right now. Like we are playing more as a team, and that's what you want to see. You know, the team playing well, fewer than twelve turnovers you're knocking shots, you're getting assists, like Jimmy mentioned earlier. Like, this team is just playing well right now.
1: Yeah, and when I think of team, I think of, um, the like, the New England Patriots. Like, I know one thing they used to do, you said uh, you don't have to depend on Jelly so much. One thing the New England Patriots do is they, they take what you like to do best, and they take it out. They take it off the table. And they say, beat us another way. And only good teams can beat you another way and good teams can counter good players. Like um, I always think of Kobe Bryant. He always had like a counter, a counter move, counter, counter. Oh, you want to take this away? All right, I got that. What you going to do? So it's always about like, it's not, I always say it's not necessarily about your strengths, but it's about not having weaknesses, right? So you can just pivot to something else. So um, my question for Jimmy is, have you seen this team pivot, In certain areas, to where if they like in that Worcester, Kentucky game, you know, they're taking away jelly. What was it in your eyes? Do you think that we were able to pivot to
2: and what worked? Yeah, I think that the first thing that stands out, you guys have both mentioned it, is the ability to hold on to the ball. So that was only the sixth time this year that we've had single digit turnovers in a game. And obviously, we've won five out of those six games. So, uh, first and foremost, we're taking care of the ball. I think that from, you know, we're we're far enough away from Jelly's injury to where, you know, Jelly is is certainly back to his normal self. So it took a few games to get back uh, in rhythm shooting wise for him to get to more of that efficiency that we're used to. But I think there's been a real role definement for the different players across the team. So you guys talked about Eric Gaines a little bit. I mean, just kudos to Eric Gaines for having the assignment not only on senior night, but this past Saturday to where he's coming off the bench, right? This is a guy who transferred in from the SEC. He's had some really big moments and played in some really big games. And for him to have his role changed and to see how he has responded to that has been absolutely critical. I think of some other small things that we began to see. K.J. Buffin is starting to stroke it from three more efficiently. So he's had a few games here where he's hit two threes. Now he might couple, you know, he might have four attempts, two makes he might have an air ball but at the same time uh, he's starting to stroke that three and stress the defense a little bit Uh, so those are some of the things and you've mentioned already the one three one and just the uh, not just offensively some of the things i'm talking about but defensively understand the roles and the assignments the ability to have uh, that one three one your back pocket but to switch to man switch to two three and just do it so seamlessly and make people uncomfortable Uh, and, and going back to the role conversation just one more shout out someone like Taven lovin who You know, obviously we went across his his offensive stats and putting up 14 points in the game. But, you know, when you turn on the film and you're looking at the game early on, he was guarding McKnight early. And that McKnight is someone who gave us fits in the first game. I don't think Taven played uh, and was really that much of a part and an emphasis of the game plan when Western Kentucky came into Bartow and beat us earlier in conference play. And you look at just the switch in his role, and you know him taking up that defensive assignment, setting the stage early uh, was critical. So I think it's a combination of, of better ball handling, it's, it's understanding each other's roles more, and it's some it's some people like KJ who are beginning to stretch the floor, and Jelly getting more efficient. That's really opening things up for us offensively.
1: Now I'm glad you mentioned because I, I forgot that. I'm glad you mentioned KJ um, getting his volume up on those three. So even if he hits one of three he's still a threat and especially you have to stretch out to him in the corners. Cause that's where he's most efficient at over on in the corner. So I think that's a major thing, not, not even just for KJ, but for Taven loving and for guys like, um, well for really for like Taven and, and Eric. So those are our guys, but even jelly, but because it, it pulls another bigger body away from the rim and it opens up that lane so a guy like Jelly, you know, he he got the hizzy, he got the hesitation, he blow right past you Um, Eric Gaines, you know, pick and roll, you give him options, you know, he's an athlete, he can dunk on you or he can finish, he has a nice array of layups, but if you're going to pick and roll and you're going to tag down, KJ Buffin has to be a threat in that corner right there because that's that's who they will help off of and if you can't help off of them now, you're talking about you know Trey getting the oop or maybe um, Javion getting the and one right there or you know and especially for Taven, you know Taven is really physical. He looks he loves get downhill. If you can create the more open lanes, you can create for him getting downhill, and you and you can't really tag off of KJ's guys. I think we'll see a lot more of those physical and one finishes from Taven.
0: Definitely. And just real quick to uh, wrapping up Western, um, you look at the box score, UAB 15 assists to just seven turnovers. But you look at on the defensive side, 10 steals to just one of Western Kentucky had one steal. So just an overall um, good team effort. Uh, Again, you know, UAB wins five in a row. Nine out of the last 10 um, improves to 22 and 8 overall, 13 and 6 in Conference USA. But again, the victory over Western Kentucky 72 to 60. And I don't care who you are, it's and how good or bad Western Kentucky is. It is always hard to get a win in Diddle Arena, um, but especially on senior night. But so I now UAB's one has one more game left in the regular season. UAB will travel up to Charlotte uh, to take on the Charlotte 49ers this Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Time. The game will be televised on Stadium and locally on WABM 68. Um, but real quick, too, before we get into that game, let's let's talk about seating. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, UAB has already clinched a bye in the Conference USA tournament next week in Frisco, uh, Texas. UAB and Middle Tennessee are battling out for the three seed right now. So UAB currently has a lead over uh, Middle Tennessee. And as I just mentioned, UAB just has one more game left. Well, Middle Tennessee has two games left. They will play Thursday night in the Super Pit against North Texas, and then they will travel to El Paso to take on the UTEP Miners Saturday afternoon. Now, if Middle Tennessee loses one of those two games, if they lose one of those two games, it does not matter what happens to UAB Saturday. UAB could lose to Charlotte, but they would still clinch the number three seed. Now, if Middle Tennessee wins both games Thursday night against North Texas, Saturday against UTEP, and then UAB loses to Charlotte, well, then Middle Tennessee will get the number three seed. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, you're you're riding in your car right now and you're like, well, what's the big deal? You know, three seed, four seed, you still get a bye, right? Well, you do, but the advantage of being a number three seed in the conference USA tournament is that you get to take on the winner Wednesday night of the six and eleven matchup. Now, if you if if you're the four seed, you have to play the five seed who also gets a buy into the quarterfinals. So the four and the five seed will play Thursday night without, you know, having to play the day before. So you really want that number three seed to play a team that just played the night before and, you know, theoretically you'd have fresher legs, you know. And actually I've heard some people argue that maybe it's not an advantage. Like maybe, you know, the team that played the night before has an advantage over the team that hasn't played because, you know, they could be in a slump and, you know, the team played the night before and they're already in rhythm ready to go so i mean it's up to i mean it, it's up to interpretation i i personally would like uab to get the three seed um just to get that team that played the night before um but that's just me but i know some people out there are actually wanting uab to get the four seed because the four and the, the winner of the four and the five are probably going to get the number one seed which is fau fau has locked the number one seed in and number two is uh north texas so but hopefully, UAB fans will be looking Thursday nights on CBS Sports Network to see what happens between Middle Tennessee and North Texas, and if North Texas can do us a solid, then shoot. I mean, does the game Saturday even matter? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't have to stress about it. I mean, I guess saying it doesn't matter is kind of a negative, you know,
2: way to say it. But you know, I guess you don't have to stress about it. Would well, John, put me on a uh, put me on team three seed. And I'll, yes. I'll tell you a little bit why is that, you know, just as you mentioned, rather play the winner of the six and the 11 matchup. If, if things were to end today, I believe that would be between Rice and UTSA. And we've beat Rice twice. We've we have some type of formula against Rice. I mean, they could come out and we know they have the capability to really light it up from three uh, for those that. um you know, believe it. You know, they could come out against a UTSA team and get a real good feel for that gym shooting next to the curtain and, and getting on fire. <laughs> you know, on Wednesday night and coming out and that could be a difficult matchup for us on Thursday. Uh, but for me, I'd rather play North Texas if North Texas advances on Friday in their backyard on a two o'clock tip versus yes. if North Texas were to advance all the way and we play a seven o'clock tip in Denton, you know, or, you know, in, in their backyard, because we remember if y'all, if y'all were there, how much of a home court advantage was that on Saturday when we hosted the conference championship game against middle Tennessee? I mean, I felt like the whole city got behind that game. It it was huge. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking from that selfish standpoint that yes, I think that we would match up better against FAU, but almost don't want to take the risk of playing North Texas, whom we've lost to twice in front of, I don't know how many people that, place holds but you would think they could get a very good crowd in there on a Saturday night so I might be hedging a little bit but I just don't want to take the odds of of meeting North Texas even though I do believe that we could still win the game in front of that type of crowd in a championship game.
1: Yeah you're right and for my last game with North Texas um, I came away pretty confident because with our growth um, I think that game was was really the start of not not probably not the start, but was really like uh, the validation of our growth when we played and we lost to them in Frisco. Um, um, I think that I don't think they're very good on offense. I think they're good on defense, uh, but they have weak points, and I think they really re- lean on their defense. So I came away very excited to have another opportunity just hopefully uh that we can play them in a tournament because i think the thing is it's like they don't have enough shot creation Mm -hmm. and um i think if we can just like limit our mental blunders against them because that's really how they scored especially late in the game it was just us kind of losing our mans on screens or um, offensive rebound, long offensive rebound, and, and stuff like that. And that's how they was really getting the majority of their points. So I, I think in the tournament, um, I'm banking on us being more focused, just being more locked in because it is one and done, and you can't make those mistakes. So if you take away those, I, I said, I was like, man, you take away those, we we win by seven. So I want to see them again. They beat us twice. And it's hard to beat a team three three times, right? Especially a good team like UAB. And um, so I know we're gonna come out with some some vigor, like just ready ready to hand it to them. And we we got something we want to prove. And on the other uh, on the other side of that, it seems like Middles is kind of a difficult matchup for FAU. So hey, y'all go ahead and you know y'all fight it out over there. <laughs> um, I, I forgot. Who, I forgot who who else is on the other side. Um, if Middle was to get that four seed, um, who else? Would it be it? Charlotte.
0: Yeah, it'd be Charlotte. Um, they'd be the five seed.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let them. Charlotte is a tricky team, but I, I think Middle would. I think it'd come down to Middle and FAU. Hey, you know, see see what happens over there. I would like to. I would prefer Middle, <laughs> if, if possible, you know. But I, I really want us to take that shot. At, um, at North Texas and, you know, but that's not skipping over maybe a Rice or a UTSA who really came out with a really good game plan against us. And, um you know, they almost they gave us a scare, so we can't overlook them. And like I said, it's hard to beat a team three times and we blew Rice out twice. Right. So we have to blow him out again, I guess. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, i really like to Get their rematch with North Texas, and, you know, at, at their spot in the tournament, and just kind of dash their hopes. That'll be a dream. And and
0: honestly, too, guys, like we've addressed this, like the blueprint on how to beat North Texas. Like I feel like UAB has figured it out. Now in that first game in Bartow, of course, UAB was was with, without Jelly Walker. So, I mean, you know, they pretty much beat down beat us down in Bartow. But that second game going to double overtime, like. I mean, Jimmy said it a couple episodes ago. Like, if we can just pressure Usman, like, and get him in foul trouble early, and I mean, really, the only offensive weapon that North Texas has is Tyler Perry, and and what is he? Just like a chunk it up, and you know, I mean, I, I don't think there's a He's lot of the
1: creator that Jelly is. He is exactly. not. Exactly. He is not that guy. Like, I, I was watching him personally just trying to see, like, where, where, where is the hype around him? I'm like, he's not jelly at all as far as, like, nope. creating his own offense. So if we can just keep a body on Usman and just don't let his activity affect the game, I really think we can pull that one off. And don't and don't allow for the the post ups from guards. I hate posting up guards, oh, man. Like the, the Kai Huntsbury, I believe, posting yep. up and shooting hook shots. You are a guard, man? Cook something, bro. Like don't. <laughs> this ain't the nineteen seventies. Like stop posting up and shooting hook shots as a six three guard. Don't do that. <laughs>
0: And I feel like we say this a lot too, but hit your freaking free throws. Like if UAB would have made a couple more free throws in that game, sure. it, it wouldn't have went to overtime. UAB would have, I think, what was a Jelly at the line late? Like he would have, you know, yeah. put it away there. So, yeah. so I don't know. But hey, with all that being said, talking about North Texas, you know, let's see what happens. Middle Tennessee, North Texas, Thursday night seven, CBS Sports Network. I'm sure a lot of UAB fans will be tuning in. I'll be tuning in. Um, But. This Charlotte team that UAB plays Saturday, they just beat North Texas last week. Now, it was an ugly, ugly game, but they beat them 55 to 49. So, I mean, and hey, like going back er, back in December when these two teams squared off in Bartow, like it was a tight contest. Like Charlotte, you know, they, they've they got a they've got a four down low. Um, what, what, what's his name? Uh Ali or Ally Khalifa, mm-hmm. a 6'11, 230. Um, I think he's from Egypt. I mean, he he kind of took it to UAB. He got, what, 17 points in that first matchup? Yeah, 17 points, 6 of 15. He hit four three pointers. So that's a big that can stretch you outside and hit the three. So Trey Jemison, um, you know, Javion Davis, they're going to have to play him kind of tight. Even when he goes up, um, you know, at the top of the arc, they're going to have to play him tight. Um, to make sure he doesn't get any three-pointers off. Um, But, I mean, this Charlotte team is, you know, pretty good. So, um, but with all that being said, hey, hopefully we don't even have to worry about this game. You know, if Middle takes care, I mean, if North Texas takes care of Middle Thursday night, then guys, we can just go ahead and start the drinks (laughs) and get ready for next (laughs) week.
2: (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's going to be quite the challenge. I mean, I didn't realize that Charlotte was so highly rated. So they're 104 in the net. It would be a quad two opportunity for us. And they showed a statistic during the WKU game that we're one and six this year in quad one and quad two opportunity. So it's a it's an opportunity to knock off a pretty highly rated team on the road, uh, all things considered. And uh, what's nice is assuming that Charlotte wins on Thursday. I forgot who they play, but assuming they win on Thursday, is it, it's UTSA. UTSA. Yeah, yeah UTSA. that's who it is they'll be on a five-game winning streak. Right now, UAB, believe it or not, holds the conference's longest winning streak at five games. So it'll be a big game for Charlotte, potentially two teams on a five-game winning streak. Senior night, I feel like every game is senior night uh, for Charlotte. Um, And you mentioned Khalifa. They got Bryce Williams, who was CUSA Player of the Week. I believe it was, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I know him and Khalifa have won that award in back-to-back weeks. And they're going to be... You mentioned the North Texas and Charlotte game. Like it's going to be slow tempo, but I'm hoping that the uh, additional rest that we get. I mean, they have to tip off at seven o'clock Central on Thursday at UTSA, and they have to turn around and go back to Charlotte for a one o'clock Eastern tip. You know, so this is our opportunity to, even if you know we don't need it, I I would love, love, love to see us, you know, make a statement against one of these teams that likes to slow it down because we struggled with. You know, those defensive minded, you know, physical teams with big guards who who slow the tempo down. So I'd like to see us get that um, off of our backs and and end the season the right way. I'll feel I feel good about next week, but I will feel even better if we can get a victory in Charlotte on Saturday.
0: Yeah, really good points, Um, especially about, you know, playing a team with a slow tempo. Yeah, UAB has struggled uh, with him. You know, you go back to West Virginia, you go back to. North Texas, I know I'm, I'm missing a couple, but UAB really has struggled. When teams try to slow it down, UAB has struggled um all year against that. You know, UAB's a team that super fast tempo, speed it up, speed it up, speed it up, get as many, you know, shots off as possible. But when you slow it down, yeah, UAB does kind of struggle. So that will be uh something to look for uh Saturday at twelve o'clock as UAB goes to Charlotte. Um guys, anything else for
2: Charlotte? No, I just thought another interesting stat about them is that six of their nine conference losses have been by four or less points. So, you know, that probably speaks to just that tempo again, keeping the scores Mm -hmm. slow, but you know, they could have had a different season that earlier in the year when we first faced Charlotte, I know Andy Kennedy was really trying to make the fans understand that this is a good basketball team, Like they, they are a good basketball team. And I don't recall who they were missing in our first matchup, but from what I understand, they've got most of their team together. So uh, but them like us have had several losses, so you know they'll be hungry to end their season on a win as well.
0: Definitely. Well, guys, we'll be back next week um, as you know we're going to do it for the second year in a row here at the Blazer Victory Podcast. We're going to have our Conference USA Tournament special episodes. So what that means is each day that UAB plays in the Conference USA Tournament, we will drop a 15 to 20 minute, no longer than 20 minute episodes. Just basically previewing the matchup and recapping what happened the the day or night before um so we will do that each day as uab um hopefully we'll do it you know for a few days at least um as uab um, battles at um, frisco texas in the conference usa tournament so definitely be looking forward to that next week um if you are not already give us a follow on twitter um, first and foremost uh follow the blazer victory podcast at blazer You can follow Jimmy at UAB Athletics Fan. You can follow Darian at TheyDread75. And you can follow me at John C. Duncan. But, guys, was there anything else that we need to um, mention before we head to March Madness next week?
2: Nope, I think we're good to go. I just love this time of the year. Conference tournaments going on. Oh, Turn
0: it's on, so fun! It's so yes. stressful though, but it's so
2: fun. <laughs> buzzer, buzzer beaters left and right. This weekend was wild uh, with all the games. So hopefully, it's just the beginning of an awesome month. Uh, not just watching teams play, but watching our team uh, advance in the tournament is, is what we've got our hopes on. So, a lot of yeah.
1: a lot of blood pressure medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and some other some other things too. I'm excited uh, for
2: I'm excited for Midnight Pod on next Thursday if we have Let's go, go. Pod. let's
0: <laughs> go! Hey, if UAB clinches that number three seed, they will be playing at eight thirty uh, Thursday night. So, Blazer Victory Podcast will be staying up late to get you guys the content that you crave. Uh, but again, www.blazervictory.com. Uh, make sure you check it out. Articles, podcasts, merch, everything. But we'll be back next week to start March Madness for Frisco. Hoops um in between a curtain and whatever. All right. Darren, close us up.
2: Blazer Nation. That's right.